0: So today we are opening a couple of Rieslings. It's a nice warm afternoon here. So Ooh. So we have one from Alsace and one
1: from the Mosul. So Riesling, what do you like about Riesling?
0: I like that it's a little tart, high acidity. Oh makes me want to drink more of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what I would say. So this one from the Mosel. It's got a pretty good
1: color on it. The first one that we're tasting is Mosel Riesling, a dry laser from 2012 from Sibylle Kunz. Um, I visited what well, I bought this actually at the winery last July when I was taking like a group of people on a trip there from the Mickelberger, we all went oh, I remember um, that. Yeah. And we actually bought we actually visited these wines and I hadn't actually tasted her wines before, this visit. And her husband Marcus like welcomed us in, took us through all of the wines, and then we actually started buying wines directly for ah, the hotel. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, but they're really, they've got quite a good reputation in the UK. Really simple labels, just yeah, like the squares, yeah. Has a um, kind of a
0: Pantone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, feel it does. It, it really,
1: yeah, you're right. Yeah. Also because each of the different ones have different colors. Oh, so really? It feels even more. Yeah, more
0: Pantone-y. Actually, <laughs> this colour's quite nice. It's like a yeah. m- mustardy, chartreuse like you see. Semi-gold. Could, yeah. Could be like a, the color of a wool coat or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> So on the nose, what do you get?
1: I, l- I really like this wine because it's got all these sort of sweet elements on the nose. So yeah, these totally. lovely fruitiness, this floral, like, it's really typical Mosul for me. This lovely, like, blossom. It's like apple, pear fruit, honey. Honey, yeah. So for some people, obviously, they first smell it and they think, oh, it's going to be sweet because yeah. of all of these flavours. But this lovely purity, like, it could be no other grape variety. I just think it sings this is, for me, what is so special about Riesling is the fact that when you taste Riesling, you know it's Riesling. It's unmistakable. That's what makes this great right. interesting. And actually, the second part of that being, which hopefully we'll see in these two wines, which I'm sure we will, um, is the fact that even though you see the grape variety, you see where the grape variety is grown.
0: Right. It's one so of the best distinctive. Yeah.
1: yeah, one of the best grapes to be able to realise where it's coming from. So good. Mm. So, I mean, in terms of Mosul, this isn't super light. It's 13% alcohol. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's still lighter, the world of wines. It's light in body. It's um, very, very pure, very, very clean. This lovely slaty, mineral, Mm. clean finish comes through at the end. But um, I think, you know, what we all historically used to think of when we thought of Mosul white wines, we were thinking of these off-dry Low alcohol, right? I think that's um, what
0: I was taught that it would be low alcohol, yeah. lighter, bit of sugar, more delicate, yeah.
1: Yeah, which also is really nice because the natural acidity level is so high because it's a cooler region and they leave the grapes on the vine for ages. Right. With these warm days, the reflection from the from, from the, the river, river yeah, um, which obviously helps the grapes ripen and build up sugar in the daytime and the cool evenings allows the, the acid levels yeah, to stay. I guess the new sort of trend or the more what we're seeing more of from the Mosel are these fully dry styles yeah. of wine, obviously with a slightly higher alcohol level.
0: Yes, that's just what people are drinking more these days than the.
1: Yeah, I think so. I know that like, one of our best sellers, like uh, the Michelberger, for example, is like a, it's a different producer coming from Saar, Peter Lau Riesling. Like, oh yeah, we super like young. We buy that a car- lot. It's, home all, lots, it's yeah. like the mascot wine for yeah. Michelberger. All of the staff are like Peter that- Lau. <laughs> yeah, because it just sells so well. It's so easy people. to
0: drink and. Yeah, yeah, really delicious. Yeah. But I think also this is it's the thing, you know, having grown up in North America, when I think of German wines, yeah. especially wines in, you know, the distinctive bottle that Riesling comes in. You know, we only ever really got super sweet wines from Germany at restaurants in North America. So you end up with this like idea that everything's going to taste like blue nun.
1: And, but that would have been <laughs> in the 80s, wasn't it? Well, all right. When you Maybe. were young, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Right, but you were like yeah, yeah. a child where you would have in the nineties
0: and stuff. Yeah, eighties yeah. and nineties.
1: Yeah, but like during the eighties and nineties, there's the quality of wine and the wines that were sort of that were being distributed from Germany were terrible. Most of them. Yeah. and most of them were like black tower, blue nun. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, they were the better examples. Hock, obviously, right. in, in England, I used to always see that as a kid. Like, oh, because those big bottles of yeah. hock under there. <laughs> <laughs> and then Blue none, you know, because it was blue glass, yeah. and you don't
0: see that so often. And Blacktow like, also yeah. in that weird, oh, yeah, shape, that weird bottle. shape Oh, yeah, it looked like a Yenever bottle or
1: something. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's funny because I feel like Germany is still recovering from that idea. But That, that moment in time has... Everyone's consciousness thinks of, like, German wines are sweet, syrupy. And, I mean, they do have a lot of nice sweet wines here, but not the only... Uh,
1: no, I think be
0: everything that there. I not. think you're
1: right though. They are, and it's a. Me- this is what's actually quite interesting. This would be an interesting topic to cover another day. Would be like wine scandals and how they affect a region's reputation, oh, totally. and how long that takes for like for the recovery from that. And I think German wine still, for many people, I mean, most people can't even pronounce Riesling. I, you'd be surprised <laughs> how many people say, "Oh, I'll have a bottle of Riesling." It's just like dyslexia everywhere. Yeah. So strange. Is before the S. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, that's not the biggest deal, but is there one really great, cheap Riesling brand that you find that's mm. going to get people interested in the grape? I don't know. And it's not...
0: I think uh, maybe. There probably are. Yeah. I just think that they just don't get exported outside of Germany.
1: Yeah. I think Germany is the only place to get, like, good value, cheap. Yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I feel like I've
0: feel like i definitely bought some nice ones in the, since moving to Germany. But that's been the nice thing about moving here, is experiencing German wines in a way that I'd never, uh, this never is, had before.
1: I mean, this was the other thing that that was quite difficult for German wine. Obviously, there was the there was like a big wine scandal in oh, eighty yeah, <laughs> five.
0: Yeah,
1: several Austrian wineries illegally adulterated their wines using this toxic substance, which is the main ingredient for most brands of antifreeze. Oh my god! Yeah. To make the wines appear like they were sweeter and more full-bodied in the later Harvest-style wines. And many of these Austrian wines were exported to Germany, and some of them were sent in bulk and bottled in large-scale wineries and often blended with German wines. So this sort of... This was a huge, huge, huge scandal that I think for ages... Yeah, like, I mean, it's not that long ago, is it? Yeah,
0: and people's distrust then of certain things, yeah. It stays, it gets passed on from a generation to the next. Because people, you know, they really do remember what their parents drank or what they didn't, and that's how you get introduced to things.
1: And I think this is quite interesting because it talks about that most people, after that scandal, a lot a lot of producers started just to move towards dry wines, mm-hmm. I think probably because they were yeah. easier to sell. And maybe that's also why things started in Germany that way as well. But do you think that has anything to do with,
0: I mean, you think like these kind of scandals, people altering things... You know, the German rules about sugar, residual sugar, and what you can name things, and what has to have exactly what in it. I think things in Germany and Austria seem a bit more precise in terms of what's allowed and what's
1: not, no? Yeah, I would say it's interesting, because I think, because it's kind of, particularly like German Riesling, it's like cool and uncool. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Which I actually find a lot of things in Germany like that as in through my experience oh, like, There are so many things that are cool and uncool at the same yeah, time.
0: Yeah. Socks and Birkenstocks. Yeah.
1: Cool and kitsch. Yeah, yeah, like it happens a lot but <laughs> And uh, just Birkenstocks. Just in Birkenstocks. general. I
0: mean I haven't I don't own a pair yet. I feel like it's next on my to do <laughs> list. I'll like really be a resident of Germany once I get those Birkenstocks on my feet.
1: Yeah, then you fully then you fully Integrated, become yeah, right. they're part of the continent then. Yeah. <laughs> but um <laughs> Um, but you're saying cool and uncool. Yeah. And I think I was thinking about this earlier on today when I was having a shower as, as one does. But, um, I was thinking about German wine and, and how I see it and how I understand the outside world mm-hmm. to see it and understand it. And it's really exciting in many ways. And actually in terms of, um, like farming respectfully, like Germany was one of the first um, yeah. countries to really take that seriously. I mean,
0: they're good with food, with everything here is really, Yeah, like, a
1: friend of mine, she works in the movie, she does lighting, and she's a vegan, so she often doesn't always have time to shop for food, so she gets like these vegan packs sent to her, like, where they give you different ingredients all the time, and she told me, like, most of the stuff, and most of the good stuff, is German. (laughs) The vegan products that she uses. And I just think, um, in terms of their sort of like, let's say, carbon footprint, being a little bit more green, I I would definitely say Germany being one of the, like, front runners for that in Europe. Um so most of the producers actually have been farming at least organically, if not biodynamically, for decades. Yeah. But like Sibylla Kunz, I think, was one of the first and that I think I'm pretty I'd have to double check, but I think that was in the eighties she started but doing. But that's that.
0: kind of like Austrian wine too, you know, and then people don't see them as being these you know they don't end up in the same category as the cool hip um, natural wines because they're, they're made like classic wines. They don't taste funky or weird. They're just super well made with low intervention.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there is a use of sulfur, which you see probably more heavily maybe in Austrian and, um, German wines in general, or sure. at least the, the top wines that are well right. received, if you like. But that is also starting to change. I mean, the movement in like Burgenland in Austria. Right. It's ridiculous now. There's so many totally. natural wine producers or, let's say, people that definitely farm organically that yeah. are using less additives. Um, and I think that is the same in Germany. We just um, always assume that Mosel Riesling and German Mosel Riesling is really heavily sulphured. Some of it right. is because it's made to last, but a lot of it isn't, and a lot of it is coming from organically grown grapes, right. which yeah. makes it interesting. But, yeah, totally. But at least interesting for me. I think she is... Doesn't say on the back. I thought she was Demeter certified, but but her story is quite interesting because her parents had the winery before, and I think it was supposed to be her brother that was supposed to take it over, and he didn't show an interest. And she started. Oh, really? Yeah, because are saying like she started with like a wine shop and um, and her own small vineyards, and then slowly built up the vineyard holdings, and now is regarded as one of the better producers. One of the first producers, I don't know if, if they were the first, because I have know a few examples now, but one of the first to experiment with skin contact Ah, okay. Uh, Riesling as well in the Mosul, which is not so common. Yeah, I was going to say, don't,
0: not too much about that.
1: It's just called organic Riesling. Really? It's got an orange square on it. <laughs> nice and simple, straightforward. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you think about this wine?
0: I think it's really nice. I think it definitely packs more of a punch than I expected it to yeah it's definitely like you feel the
1: alcohol on a little bit yeah i think for me as well it's like full flavored yeah it's really like yeah
0: i could definitely drink a lot more of that and it's still really grapey has that sort of um
1: i think it's just that like lovely you i know what you mean it's got this lovely fruitiness to it it's just like
0: like real fruit not just the imagined fruit like it really just tastes yummy
1: just makes you hungry. Yeah, totally. We haven't had lunch.
0: We haven't, well, I had some peanut butter and jam. <laughs> Toast.
1: <laughs> um, interestingly, as well, about this, so I think I always, when I was learning a bit about the Pradicat system. Which is very um, complicated to learn about for me. I think it is, and I think it isn't. A lot of it at first, when you're learning about wine, you're already quite familiar with a lot of the French terms. Sure. So there isn't a language barrier, but for a lot of people with German wine, they're like. How do I say All these, like, pretty Katzeweine and, like, Spätlese or all these sort of Auslese. I actually think it's like the lingo, if you like, that scares people off more than anything. But if we break it down really simply, cabinet, Spätlese, Auslese, we'll just look at those for now. What we're really talking about is there has to be a minimum must weight, which means there has to be a minimum amount of sugar content, so a minimum amount of ripeness. Right. So technically you can make dry styles of all of those of wines so you can yeah. have a dry Auslese, laser but in in general they tend to go up in sweetness right because they're riper there is more potential sweetness and then and with this acidity level it's more likely that you're balancing the sugar with the acid yeah. so they would be but in this example we're on spate laser which is Trocken. so this is fully fermented all right. the sugars are fermented which is why we have that higher alcohol yeah, yeah it's later totally harvest right which we have seen is what late laser is. Late yeah. harvest and laser is just like after harvest. Yeah,
0: after no, harvest, even or, later. Yeah, even later,
1: <laughs> <laughs> even later. So I always, because I always, when I first learned about it, I was like, but a late laser, it's going to be sweet. And someone's like, right, no, it's no. not. just like we're talking about sugar potential sweetness, right. potential alcohol, and where that winemaker decides to ferment it out to. I do have to say that a lot of
0: my friends. They don't always trust what it says on the bottle when it comes to German wine because it'll say trocken, but it's not always that (laughs) trocken. You know what I mean? Sometimes they just leave that smidge. I don't know whether it's just a style thing. I feel like there—I mean—there are rules for everything here, so that's obviously very. There are lots of rules that they probably have to follow. But I do feel like every now and again you get a trocken that
1: just feels like there's still a little something in there, which there could be. Like I mean, um, there could be. With a lot of wines that we try that say that they're dry yeah. in any, you know, like even in, in French wine. any style, wine. sure. Yeah. Um, I think maybe that's the thing, though, because not on every bottle
0: of French wine will it say dry, half dry. You know, that they don't always yeah, bother. Okay. And I think that's what it is. Because it says dry, then there's an expectation. If you open a bottle of French wine and you don't know what's going on with it, you just take it as, as it is. You're so not like, damn it, you told me it was going to be dry.
1: Well, I have for um, for Trocken German wines it's like it says for like low acid wines up to four grams per litre. Okay. Medium acid wines, but up to <laughs> high acid wines up to nine grams per litre. So they can almost be off dry. Then herb when it goes up to sort of between 12 and 18 grams. So we're looking, you know, like that is, these can be slightly off yeah. dry, I guess. So really loose. So tan. that's where it gets a bit tricky because you, that's. Yeah. P- then you've got fine herb, which is unregulated, but usually um, slightly sweeter than trocken, And then it goes up to like. Lieblich rest, Zeus, or yeah. like Zeus. Order, sweet, sweeter, and, Zeus. and yeah.
0: crazy sweet.
1: Mm. So, you know, that is also the case. But I guess, you know, I really hope it comes to a day when, which I think it does, at least in the wine trade, we all look, look for balance rather than just right. like, let's drink the driest wine. Because yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I like things that are a little, Yeah, I mean, there are
0: also foods that you need wine that has a little sweetness to it. Like the last time I had a Riesling Spätleser for with food, I think we we made it with a um, flammkuchen, with lots of nice cheese on it some like caramelized a, Like onion. the pizza, like
1: the savory flammkuchen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: With a, yeah, it was like yeah. a caramelized onion, and we had some dates on there and some cheese. Super yummy with this kind of thing.
1: Oh, that would be really nice. I, I always you... like um like washed rind cheese, like you know like oh, yeah. Ponavek or something like that. Yum. I just thought would be quite nice, or even Taleggio. Yeah. Quite nice with Riesling, if it, especially if it's got a few grams of residual sugar. It's really nice. Yeah. Stinky, you know, like a little yeah. bit of stinky, funky cheese.
0: <laughs> but I think there is always a little mustiness also with Riesling.
1: With age, but this is 2012, so, it's so it's six years little, of yeah. age, so it is developing. But I actually think it's really impressive for a wine it's, with such age that it's still so much.
0: Yeah, big. it's still big and fresh.
1: So with this particular Spele, when we talk about the sweetness level. This actually has residual sugar of eight point two grams. It's just on the edge yeah, of right. being able to be called trocken. But total it's funny because it doesn't
0: feel like it doesn't f- feels super sweet though. I would say this one doesn't feel necessarily like.
1: But the so the total acidity is seven point three grams, which obviously for most people that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just numbers, but that's quite high. So it's just balancing, balancing out, yeah, isn't yeah.
0: it? Sweet and sour.
1: Yeah, it's really nice.
0: Probably good with sweet and sour pork too.
1: This would be great. Yeah, it'd be really nice with something like or Thai Chinese
0: food, food or yeah. yeah.
1: Barbecue Thai food.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: really curious also, about yeah, the I other mean, one now. This is the other thing that's quite I mean I looked anyway because of its slate soils. We've got quite low pH in the soil. It's like th- three, which is relatively low. Mm-hmm. Um which we won't get into the science behind this, but often I find the wines that have this perception of freshness generally seem to have Mm -mm. a lower pH from the soils. So that would also help balance that at least perceived, like it would help at least seem even fresher than it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And in terms of botrytis, there's 5 to 10% botrytis in this wine. I feel like you can see that a little bit. Yeah, that slightly raisin, that honeyed note as well that you see. It's nice. And it just says that 2012 was like a really good vintage for them for exceptional fragrance. Which I would agree. Delicious.
0: Really nice. So I'm very curious about the second one, Mm. because I was told, I haven't had it before, I was told that uh, it presented not like a Riesling. Okay. So... I'm curious. I'm curious too. It's
1: 2014. 2014
0: Heisenberg Riesling from Domain.
1: Ostertag. Yeah. I love the Ostertag wines. I have never tried any. So Ostertag as well, bi- completely biodynamic. I followed these ones for quite some time actually. And I, I really like them. And this is someone who's actually very outspoken about his use of sulfur. Not that I want to talk too much about sulfur because it's an incredibly dull topic but um that everyone loves to have for those people who are interested he is someone that actively says like you know i make wines that are going to travel the world i want to know that when my customers receive them they're going to be in good condition so i add sulfur but everything else he does is quite measured um and quite obviously quite thoughtful and yeah he's his farming is quick is completely biodynamic so that also means that the quality of the fruit is very high because it's really working well in the vineyards which i think for me is always something i care about like um i was reading about like a friend of mine was interviewed recently on um, integrity and integrity in wine and and how we try not to be swayed sometimes by our own personal feelings towards right. people but you know she was sort of saying how can you how can you buy a wine from somebody you don't agree with, like when they treat people really terribly right. or whatever? And, and 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 how can you buy wine when you know, like they're really doing something quite damaging to the planet? Right. And we don't want to get too deep and philosophical, but it's really <laughs> nice sometimes when you trace a wine that does taste absolutely totally. amazing, it's alive, and you know that people are working in a really respectful way.
0: I mean, I think that's sort of the the nice thing about the... The push right now about natural wine, you know, not all natural wine is good, but it's good that people are paying attention to maybe how people are producing things, that it's not always just about the, the end result, that there is a process to it.
1: Yeah, and that it's agricultural.
0: Exactly. It is an agricultural yeah. product, and you have to take care of the land that it's on.
1: Like any agricultural product. Like, it, I mean, we all know those, like, tomatoes that come from Holland that are grown in wind tunnels <laughs> that are orange in colour and they're yeah. not red.
0: I have no flavour. And then you eat one from Naples and you're like, yeah, and you're oh like, my god. From Nonna's garden. <laughs> yeah. Which is
1: just like, i oh, just chuck some seeds down in the sun and grow them. Yeah. And nothing else <laughs> happened. You know, I think um, we all, you know, we all can appreciate something that's made well.
0: Sure, exactly.
1: Are you going to finish your glass or do you need a. I'll finish my water glass and dip it into
0: it. I did have quite a bit of wine last night, so.
1: Riesling is the perfect hangover drink to wake you up. I was gonna say
0: it is kind of a brunchy wine. Yeah, this I mean, is we could be eating,
1: we could be ordering some scrambled eggs right now.
0: Yeah, like, totally, I could see that. I like things with this. Tree.
1: Yeah, <laughs> German yeah, frischstück, yeah. perfect.
0: But I definitely like wines like this with a little tiny bit of sugar left in them for brunch. I think it's always like, I mean, good breakfast wine.
1: <laughs> I saw what you were drinking the other night as well. That's my that's the my bowl. brunch one. Yeah. Yeah, which is off-dry. Every time totally. I think of off-dry I mean you love covertry, so I'm, every time and, uh, I think of off-dry ones, I think
0: of I don't know, I just think there's a there's a there's lots of places for them. <laughs> and I think brunch is one of them. Like Le Bulle is uh, un bulle, I think it is. Yeah, it's perfect like breakfast bubbles. It's not super bubbly. A little bit sweet.
1: Okay, so we're pouring the 2014 Riesling Heisenberg from Domaine Osterthal, so Riesling, coming from Alsace in France. So not miles away, actually, from the Mosul, in terms of no. geography. Just start, just over the French border.
0: And I mean, Alsace has changed hands so many times over the course of centuries that, I mean, it was Germany at one point, so... Maybe not the Frenchest of the regions.
1: If you want a second glass to compare, I can get you.
0: Definitely a little lighter on the...
1: Yeah, it's not so aromatic, actually.
0: No, maybe a little more minerally.
1: Heisenberg. So Heisenberg, I'm assuming, is the vineyard. So that it's a twenty, the vineyard, 25. 25 years yeah. old, pink sandstone, nice, and granite, and it's got some more... Vineyard in and total. And nice is also a type of soil. soil. Yeah. yeah. Also stony. Nice is a mixture. You see it quite a lot in, you um, also see it in the Loire Valley. Um, it's like a metamorphic rock.
0: Yeah, I think when I looked it up, it, it is something yeah. sort of, but it's funny that you said that it's the same in the Loire Valley because...
1: You see like a few muscadets that are called nice. Yeah, yeah, I also, yeah. yeah. So it's a metamorphic soil. Mm-hmm metamorphic soils have been transformed from another type of rock through heat and pressure over millions of years nice is a a fairly infertile soil formed of either volcanic granite or schist soil
0: so it's kind of a mix of
1: minerals are arranged in bands like a a little sandwich like a cake or a cake. Um, that run through the rock. It's very hard, very infertile, so, so it's really good for so grapes. So perfect for grapes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and really famous in Austrian wine as well. So really famous in Wachau and Cantal. Well. Oh, ah, okay. Mm-hmm. And you said also in the Loire,
0: similar ground in
1: some. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few Muscadets that are on nice, on nice. Yeah, and so interesting. Here we've had like two metamorphic sources, slate, obviously in the re- in the mm-hmm. Mosel before, uh, which is Mosel's the most famous reason area for slate I guess. But, so this is a mixture of canice and sandstone. Pink. Pink, pink sandstone. We oh, should
0: have my dad on here one time talking about rocks.
1: Yeah we should.
0: Just a geology yeah. lesson. Yeah we should. Could be fun. Yeah. Well, there is a master psalm that has a degree in geology, I think.
1: So this is interesting, so it says that it's a small vineyard. Heisenberg translating, which obviously is a German word, as we talked about before close mm-hmm. to Germany translates as hot mountain in um, so we've talked a bit about the soils but it's uh, predominantly south facing so it says typically fleshy mineral wines with generous exotic aromas I don't find this huge exotic know. on the nose yet but I reckon it's a bit closed but it could also be after the one we've just had and I reckon it needs a bit of time in the glass yeah. I would decant it
0: yeah I think that's what she might have told me to, to do actually she really? Might, yeah she might have said to decant it
1: well we're here now it's, it's also cool glass. to try it straight from the bottle, I think.
0: Yeah. But it's definitely it lighter.
1: Oh, careful. <laughs> yeah, better. Mm-hmm. If your wine will not open up and you're not worried about getting messy, just put your hand on top of the glass and shake it. <laughs> <laughs> you might get wet, but the wine will smell more. Yeah. It's slightly less pronounced on the nose, but I think that's also because... The Mosel Riesling is so. When you go back to the Mosel Riesling now, you really get that slatey. Yeah. You,
0: yeah. Totally. The perfume is
1: there. The blossom is there, but then it's like pure slate. Whereas now, when you smell this, you definitely get more like fruit, ripe right. fruit. It is more exotic, like almost like pineapple.
0: Yeah. It's also some like flowers, like white flowers. And almost like chamomile. Yeah. But it still has has mm, a little bit of this,
1: Baked this apple thing going on. It's almost like a. There's also Pineapple, that same also little
0: musty kind of petrol thing a little bit, too.
1: See, I don't find either of them musty. I think the one before was starting to show some more develops on, but I think you're petrally, this waxy. I think it's the waxy,
0: it's the petrol kind of thing that I maybe...
1: And with this one, do you know what it reminds me of? Like, Tupperware. Have you ever left, like, Tupperware in the sun, and you open up that smell of, like, warm Tupperware? Yeah. <laughs> I don't times. know why I know that. Yeah. <laughs> Sniffing it all the
0: time. You know, there's going to be a moment where no one even knows what Tupperware smells like because own people only have that disposable stuff from the supermarket.
1: That's true. But you know, like the cheap Tupperware, like they used to be, where they were like slightly flexible. Not yeah. you now. You get these like really rigid plastic boxes which don't. I just smell remember so the much.
0: actual Tupperware with the like sun pattern yeah. top with the. And most of them had had spaghetti in them, so they always had that sort of like weird bolognese smell to them, <laughs> which is not what this smells like. Thank <laughs> God. I feel bad you guys have to listen to us, like, gurgle.
1: It's the best part. <laughs> Sounds of the mouth. Ugh. It's nice. It's a, a richer, more opulent style, but I still think it's very true to the grape variety. It's, it is, like, there are, I think it's aromatic compared to other wines. It's less, like, floral than the wine before. Mm-hmm. More exotic. More body. More viscous, more textured, but it's still like a nice. Little it seems sort of pretty pure. delicate,
0: a little more delicate than the other one, for, mm. for me. Anyway, I'm feeling like it's.
1: I think it's more closed on the nose, but I find the wine before more subtle. But more maybe more it's screams. because there's so much
0: perfume, it sort of
1: makes it feel yeah. like bigger. Yeah. There's more. In, I think the wine before maybe more intense in terms of aromatics, but more de- they're more delicate and de- like different. It's a different, different detail, detail, yeah. Whereas this is. There is more body here. It's deeper, richer. I know what you said that the woman that sold it to you said, it's like it reminds her of Shennin. Mm-hmm. And I can see what she means because there's like a slight nuttiness there as well. Um, so that that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense, this like little bit of nuttiness on it. Would that be a typical Shennin thing, the nut? Well, I don't know. I just don't think you'd think of like nuttiness with with Riesling. I don't know if this has been I don't know whether cuz I don't feel like I would you think you
0: this would definitely be you would pick a Riesling in a if you tasted it bland.
1: I mean, you could never say 100%.
0: But it's presenting like a Riesling.
1: I think it's more of a Riesling than anything else, but I yeah. can understand like if somebody thought off dry shenan or something like yeah. that, maybe it would be the the other alternative.
0: It would be one of the two. In Alsace, generally, is it warmer, colder than uh, the Mosul?
1: A lot warmer, it's in, and very dry there as well. Okay.
0: So um, so you do end up usually with a more little... Body, right, more okay. body, more body,
1: drier styles in general, but mm-hmm. not... It's, I don't, it's a bit of a confusing region, I, Alsace. I'm yet to travel there, and I'd really like to go because there's lots of sort of different towns, but all of the different producers have their different styles. So there are yeah. some people that make off-dry styles. There are people that make dry styles. Some are a bit lighter, some are a bit richer. But in general, I guess we always assume uh, a little bit more body, drier, okay. more alcohol. Are there other less, parts? I always think of them less aromatic, more waxy. Okay, more waxy. Okay. Yeah. Then like Mosul, just think of like spring garden. Right. Almost. Yeah, lush. Like, English garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Oh, and I can really see that. really delicate, light, pure, yeah. pristine. Um,
0: are there other regions in Germany, perhaps, that would show the same way?
1: Fouts, maybe?
0: A little warmer. Or it's also. flatter, yeah, it's yeah.
1: flatter and warmer. It's funny because I
0: also don't necessarily drink so many wines from Alsace.
1: Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's still like something we haven't touched on, like in terms of like value for money, like when you're looking on a wine list, particularly like Mosel Reason, Of course, there are some really iconic wines like Keller G Max, which is just right. like, well, you know, my life will be a success when I can finally afford <laughs> a bottle for myself. <laughs> but, but, um, I definitely think these two regions that we're looking at, in terms of like the world of wine, and I would say these both fall into like high quality producers. Right. You know. Do you almost remember- the fine wine category?
0: Do you remember say. what you paid for?
1: No. I, oh, I can't know.
0: remember what I even paid.
1: But they're not cheap. But these aren't cheap. No,
0: they're not cheap. But they're not £80 crazy.
1: No, they maybe be under a hundred pounds on the wine list, but yeah. it's definitely over sixty, seventy, eighty pounds. Yeah. I
0: think maybe I paid. I feel like maybe I paid over
1: maybe over twenty, around not twenty. But retail, not Oh no, I know. Yeah, store, yeah. So it's different. Um, so yeah, I mean, both of these wines would be sitting at maybe a similar price point, of somewhere between eighty to a hundred pounds or euros. And I think they're not super cheap, but like
0: really delicious like you, you would not what? be unhappy if you this got one of these quality
1: of wine this level of complexity yeah. this balance from other regions you would probably pay more money. a lot more yeah and we're talking about names like that probably is one of the leading producers i would say more famous that there are some underground like interesting guys as
0: well um i definitely want to try some of his uh, other fancier ones i was looking at some of the premier crew ones that he had Grand Cru, sorry.
1: Yeah, like Munchberg, I've yeah. tried a few times before. It's really nice. And that's, that's crazy, that wine. Like, when you taste it, it's like fire. Like, it's so opulent and exotic, and mm. there's so much going on. It's really interesting. Maybe that'll be my next treat. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> But I was, I actually, I've always listed the cheaper wines from Lancetag, not the Riesling, actually. Uh, the Pinot Blanc or Pinot Gris that he makes their entry level, because they I feel like there was good, val- like the, they're good. Price wise, it was, yeah. did seem, And they're good wines to get people on, you know, like, the person that usually would drink, like... Sauvignon. Yeah, maybe not even Sauvignon, but, like, someone that would drink, like, um, Pinot Grigio, but, like, wants something with a bit more body. Or someone that drinks, like, Grauburgunder from Germany or Silvana and they don't want to spend too much money. Like, you can get them onto, like, a very good, like... Or, an, or like a, a well-made Pinot Blanc, Pinot like Gris from someone like talk.
0: Like the one from the Mosul, I feel like if you were a Sauvignon fan from New Zealand and you love big fruit, you wouldn't be unhappy if you got that. I think you'd be like, wow, this is pretty yummy. Nice. Let-
1: yeah, I think maybe it might be a little bit light for them, that's the only thing. Because with Sauvignon from New Zealand, we're talking about 13.5% and it's got higher alcohol. But how much was this one? 13, but it doesn't feel Mm. it. No, but I I think if you were
0: trying something new, it would be in the same, like, if you like
1: Mm.
0: big flavours and, you know, aromatic, something super, that when you put your nose to it, you're like, oh yeah, I want to drink that.
1: I personally think it'd be too sweet for a lot of people, but I love it. It's so good. Both the wines are very, Both nice. are really, very um, different. Really different. To so be looking, it's ready to go. Oh, ready to go. <laughs> ready to go as soon as you open it. I think. Yeah. This I would definitely. The decanter and give it decanted some. Decanted it, I think, because you're getting every time I go back, yeah, you're getting it's a little bit more. A
0: little different. Also, it's not that cold. It is quite warm outside.
1: But I think that's okay for the. Yeah, because you, you get wine, more. Because you're actually smelling more. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, other notable rieslings that people should try. Are there any, is there anything off the top I mean, of your Mosel head? I mean, Mosel go but... to like
1: some of the best value fine wines of the world. Mosel Riesling. I think, you know, the prices are more expensive than they were a few years ago, but they're still ridiculously good value. Yeah. Ridiculously good value. To be able to offer like a glass of Riesling from a really good producer, mm-hmm. even though it's just their entry level for six euros a glass or six six pounds fifty a glass or whatever it is. Is ridiculous. Yeah, like compared to what you get from France yeah, yeah. or from other countries, it's really good. The other reasons that I've tried recently, obviously, like immediately, the other place you think of is Australia for mm-hmm. a reason. So, like um, South Australia, like Clare Valley, very nice. Maybe that's the, the other the region. Yeah, right. Yeah, or Eden Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some interesting stuff from South Australia. Um, I've been tasting quite a bit from like New York State.
0: Yeah, I really wanted Finger to buy Lakes.
1: something. Yeah, it was actually on my list. I've been trying to find. So it's it hard to find here. Passing van oh. from Ford Sellers, a French winemaker makes it. It must
0: be somewhere not on the shelf, maybe. Yeah,
1: but they I was looking for it. Mm. Uh, Finger Lakes is a, another place that's really interesting. Like I was just when I was over in Miami, I got to try quite a few wines from Finger mm-hmm. Lakes, obviously because it's probably one of the most local regions to right. Miami.
0: Totally, um, it's like what, like a three hour plane ride? It's not that far.
1: Yeah, it's not too far. So, I tried and very actually, you know, and off, off, there are a few people because of obviously most when you follow back like the new world regions of Riesling, most of the time it's come from German people taking their vines over, yeah, right, fleeing prosecution, yeah, totally setting up camps somewhere else. I mean, that's definitely what happened in South yeah. Australia, and I think it's the same. There's a lot of German names in Finger Lakes. Yeah, totally... And the styles, they make off-dry styles as well. So yeah. it's like actually the closest thing outside of Europe.
0: But I think that region anyway, historically, there was a lot of Dutch, there was a lot of German, there was a lot of, you know, you see Pennsylvania Dutch, like, yeah. you know, New York City was originally Dutch, and then you ended up with a lot of people from that area of Europe moving at the same time. But I wonder, Canada Austria? must make some... Oh, yeah. Canada must make some racings. I feel like they, in some areas... In Ontario, they must have the weather for oh my it. My
1: knowledge of Canadian wine is terrible. I've been talking to a friend of mine who works in Canada quite a lot, and I keep saying to him, you should do book on Canadian wine because it isn't
0: wonderful." Yeah, totally. And there are actually yeah. some from Ontario. I mean, most of the nice stuff is from Vancouver, but there are some small producers in Ontario. But I think for a long time, Canada was off the map because it was making, they didn't always have vinifers. Vinifers. Vinif- 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 it always makes Vinif- me feel like I'm about to... It's just to, vinifera. Yeah. It always makes me feel like I'm, I sound like I'm about to <laughs> sneeze. <laughs> yeah, because they have the other type of grape, which I think... for yeah, American root yeah. yeah. Which, Maybe that was it,
1: but I think also it's just that Canadian wines have been so expensive. Yeah, you still can. also they expensive. Yeah, totally other places obviously Austria I've yeah. talked about it before but like I l- actually I think Austria is maybe a really great introduction to Riesling before German wine. slightly warmer focus. climate too or? no they're just a little bit more savoury more okay. herbal uh, slightly less of this like hugely blossom aromatic right. thing so the nose doesn't immediately scare people off Yeah, and in general really dry styles so I yeah. think I would definitely if I was going to give someone Riesling for the first time I wanted to get them into it I would like lure them in with some Austrian Riesling <laughs>
0: Yeah. I mean, I like Austrian wine all around.
1: Yeah. And I have to say, Super it's like one drink. amazing Riesling, but this is not typical from Spain because I'm very sceptical of like, oh. it's kind of how I feel about Italians <laughs> making it Pinot Noir, that they should just not do it. But um, <laughs> it sounds so judgmental. This is the very Spain. qualified wine maker. In the Spanish Pyrenees, there's this little oh, town really? called Sort, just like S-O-R-T, yeah. Sort. Um, and there's a winery there called Batley Sort. Um They have vineyards on uh, slate, mm-hmm. and just Riesling vines are just planted on there. And because it's in the mountains, it's high altitude, slate soils. Yeah, it's relatively cool. Like they managed to make right. an amazing Riesling. Wow, when you try it, you immediately taste. i I'm like, wow, this Riesling. It's like slaty, It's slightly waxy. Wow, funny. Citrusy. Like it's less, a lot less aromatic than right. that, the Mosel Rieslings, but more like. I don't know somewhere in between like Alsace and Australia in oh, Star, super interesting. But they've done a really good job but I think maybe they're one of the few people that've got that really they know how to yeah. And they're like one of the only wineries in the area and oh, super interesting. Just, yeah, that was a very interesting. I
0: guess it's vibe. like if you have the right position for the vines and it the sort of perfect storm then it would work but maybe not anywhere else. Cool. Anything uh anything you want to end with? A little wrap up on reasoning. No, I mean, I'll
1: just have another glass of reasoning. All right, something. Drink it. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck lunch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Well, thanks for listening and um, see
1: you next time.